Good morning, Every Nation family. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together, to worship Him together, to give Him all the praise and the glory that He deserves. Didn't you just enjoy that worship? Wasn't it amazing? Praise God, praise God, praise God. We give Him all the glory that He deserves. He, he deserves the glory. Um, I don't know if you have enjoyed the sermon series we've been doing, Great Faith. Today we are concluding the sermon series, and I want to say to you that even as we have been studying the men and women of God who took hold of the greatness that is in our faith in God, I want to announce to you today that the same God they served is the same God we serve today. Amen. The same God they served is the same God we serve today. The same God who parted the Red Sea is the same God we serve today. So today we'll be looking at the great faith of Moses, greatness, great risks, and great reward. But before we go to the Word, I just want to mention that next week we have a guest speaker in the house, uh, one of our leaders by the name Mbalin Dandani. I'm trying to see if she's here, all right? Okay, she's hiding somewhere. But you don't want to miss that. You know, if you didn't know, last year I preached with Mbali and... Um, the podcast was the highest listen in all the podcasts that we ever had. Even in, in America, you know, like uh, people listen to her, you know. So we've got great preachers in the house. I think the second highest is Jess. Come on, Jess. <laughs> and then the week after we launch our campaign, and you will hear about the campaign a little bit later, we have Paul Menoring all the way from uh, the U.K., and he'll be talking about you matter to God. So you don't want to miss uh, the next two Sundays, and uh, you can invite your friends. As we talk about great faith, uh, this last week has been a dramatic week for me and my family. And uh, by God's grace, everyone is still alive. I don't know if you noticed, Scripture says, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance, it's a tangible thing of the things that we're hoping for, and it is an evidence of things that we don't see. So it simply means that we live by faith on a daily basis, but it's a choice. It's a choice to live by faith, or you can choose not to live by faith. I find that all of us, we actually live by faith without even realizing. You know, I have faith that tomorrow I will be alive. You have faith that tomorrow you'll be alive. Otherwise, you would not be having a diary. You have a diary and a calendar, and you plan tomorrow and the weeks to come because you have faith that you will still be alive. Amen. So this last week, I also had made plans. So I made plans to be at Virtue University uh, all week, orientation week, to be part of soul winning there. I like visiting Virtue. It's my alma mater. I remind myself of the days when I was still young. You know, when you go to university, it reminds me of two things. It makes you feel young, but at the same time, it makes you feel old. One of the ladies there, um, she, I was talking to her, and she says to me, Pastor Sai, you noticed that when you were at Vets, I was not yet born. <laughs> it was an ouch moment, you know. At that point, I thought of pulling out my cell phone, and I say, right now, vitality age, my vitality age, I'm younger than I am. It's a great, great compliment, brother. I tell you, like, this is the first time ever I've been on Vitality. They say I'm younger than I am. I'm doing something right. I think it's got to do with Tiam and all the fasting, and Tiam is making me to run and all those things. Going back to the story about Vert, 
So I planned to go to Vert. Wednesday, the night before, my wife is in pain. She had a, an excruciating back pain. And um, we, we pray, we trust God, and the following morning, she's still not feeling well. And at this point, she's battling to walk. And we rushed her to the hospital, and the doctors were suspecting kidney stones. Now, I've never had them. I'm told that's the closest pain to giving birth that I also am clueless about. I don't know how it's like. So, that it's like flu, men flu, right? There you go. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You'll see where I'm going with the story and pain. It's coming later. But now, at this point, the doctors, they do all the tests and they find that actually the stones are not there. And we're saying that's miracle number one. The stones probably have been flushed away. They're gone. And she was still in pain and they gave her all this medication and uh, while she was still sleeping there resting, I thought to myself, we don't always choose how the day is going to be, but we have a choice to respond from a place of victory or from a place of defeat. We can choose to respond and say, God is still on the throne no matter what is happening right now. So at that point, I decided I'm going to still drive to Verts. And as I'm driving to Verts, I'm reminded of Matthew 11, verse 12. It says that the, the, the kingdom of God has been suffering violence, and the violent take it by force. And I say, devil, you're going to pay. They're going to be soul saved today. And when I got to Verts, we led this one guy to the Lord. You can see a salvation selfie right there. You see that guy's life is changed and transformed. Because God is in the business of transforming lives and changing lives. So even now, my wife has been discharged from hospital and uh, she's still recovering. We trust that miracle number two is coming. She'll be completely free from pain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Life is about choices. Life is about choices. You choose to live your life from a place of victory or from a place of defeat. The story we're looking at today, the great faith of Moses, faith that recognizes greatness, a faith that takes risks, and a faith that brings a great reward. When we look at the story of Moses, you can see there when the Red Sea parted, if it was in the days we're living in, you can see how the Red Sea would be opening up in a highway with buses and cars going through. But as I say, life is about decisions. Your tomorrow is a product of today's choices and decisions. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, for God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So faith is the decision that forsaking all, I will trust God. Moses' journey of faith is the same journey of faith like us today where he was faced with a number of choices. And his choice was to please God because it is through faith that we can please God. We discover more about the life of Moses in Exodus 2 and Acts 17. But this morning, we're going to look at a helicopter view, a summary of Moses' life. It is in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Can you please help me there at the back? Thank you. There, can, I, can I go now? Thank you. There you go. Finally, we're there. All right. Hebrews 11. 
this helicopter view of Moses' life, we get given this summary, and I want us to read together. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. Some version says the child was fine or the child was no ordinary child. If you read it in Joburg's version today, the child was born with a swag. I mean, how do you tell that a baby is no ordinary child? I mean, I'm sure when he arrived, you know, like he came with a bit of a swag, you know. I don't know how they noticed faith. They were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth, of greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. May God bless the reading of his word. So three things that I want us to look at from this scripture. Great faith recognizes greatness, as Moses' parents did. Great faith takes risks, walking on water, and great faith brings a great reward. When we look at great faith recognizes greatness, we read here, by faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they noticed that he was no ordinary child. There was something different about this child. They noticed that there was something in this child that God wants to do. In fact, the word beautiful that is mentioned in this scripture, it's mentioned for the first time in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 when God said, it is good. The same word good and beautiful, it speaks about what was special about this child. Now, I'm here to say to you that all of us are special in the eyes of God. Can I hear amen to that? The Bible says we were created in God's image, number one. The Bible also says that we are the apple of His heart, of His eye. And number three, the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who believe in Him. If you don't believe in Him yet, make it today your opportunity to believe in Him because God has a plan for your life. They recognized that there was greatness in the Son. They recognized there was something about this child that they needed to nurture and to explore. I want to say to parents today that we need to recognize greatness in our children. We need to recognize that God created them with a purpose. You may not have children, but you are an aunt, you are an uncle, your nephews, your nieces. Recognize greatness in them and call it out. Speak life over their lives. Call them up and say, God has a plan for your life and speak it. There's greatness in their lives. So as parents, you need to be careful that we know the prophetic words that have been spoken over our children. We also need to be careful that the names that we give them speaks of their prophetic destinies. Let me take you to memory lane for a little bit. You know that most cultures, including the African culture, we would give names to our children based on what is happening at the time, right? Based on the circumstances of the day. When I was at Vasti, there was a guy by the name Matata, for real. His parents called him Matata. Matata means problems. 
And boy, this guy needed discipleship. He was so problematic. So be careful the names that we give our children because we speak prophetic destiny over their lives with the names we give them. And also, parents, may we not give our children names just because it's from the Bible, like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Poor child at school, they'd be saying, Nebu. <laughs> I know some of you, you're like, that's a great name. <laughs> Delilah, awesome. <laughs> child psychologist by the name of Lucy Martin writes, you may not know it, but your day-to-day -day behavior, from the way you drive, ouch, to the tone of your voice, is shaping the way your child will act for the rest of their lives. Ouch. I'm pausing. Now, I'm grateful for Victory Weekend, Advanced Counseling, Inner Healing, because some of us needed to deal with some of what we grew up with. And all of us, you know, we go to these places to deal with all the trauma that we experience, the baggage of the past. And he, she continues to write, parents are the children's first teacher and provide them with knowledge that is necessary for survival through direct instruction or indirect instruction. Now, as Christians, we should know better. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train up a child or teach up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. And you will see, even in the story of Moses, that despite his upbringing, when he was old, he remembered who he was. So great faith recognizes God's goodness and clings to it. Great faith recognizes the greatness that is in us, and we embrace the purpose of God on our lives, and we take the risks for the king. I was really challenged by this. As I was preparing, my wife said this, that your children will know that you believe in them by how you respond to their failure. Your children will know that you believe that there's greatness in them by how you respond. And that was convicting for me because do I define my children and the greatness in them based on their term mark or how they perform that year? Or do I see greatness in them that God has put in them? They're not defined by the systems of this world. They're defined by what God says about them. So greatness is about taking risks. Great faith takes risks. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. I like the fact that the Bible says the parents were not afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid of the king. So Moses was born into a heritage of faith. We look at this, they say that the parents, they were not afraid of the king, but not only the parents, we hear that the midwives of Egypt who were told to annihilate, to kill all the Hebrew male children, they chose to fear God than men, and they did not kill the children of Egypt, the, the children of Israel. I actually like the excuse that they give to the king. What a great excuse they give to the king. They say, king, the reason we did not kill the kids is because of this. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. For they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes. That's powerful, don't you think? 
clearly, like most men, the king was clueless about childbirth. I was thinking to myself, I mean, I've experienced childbirth, three children. I mean, like, there's dilation, there's a few other things that you go through. You know, I read this book. It's like the Bible of, of giving birth. It's what you expect when you're expecting. If you haven't read it, Rex, you got it. Good. Now, in this book, I read everything, but I did not prepare for Caesar. And we were told that day that my wife left to give birth Caesarian. And I thought to myself, oh, I need to read this chapter. I'm reading this chapter. And my wife is there. She's in pain. She grabs the book. She throws me with the book. I'm in pain. I have no clue the kind of pain she was going through. This is the excuse they gave the king. But I like verse 20 in Exodus, 2, Exodus 1. It says, so God dealt well with the midwives. God blessed them because they feared God, not man. The choices we make today will become a heritage for our children. If we choose to fear man, that's what we're modeling to our children. If we choose to fear God, that's the kind of fear they will have, the fear of God and not the fear of man. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Great faith is taking a risk to honor God as king over any earthly authority, having a reverential fear of God that expels the fear of man and worldly systems. Some of us, God has called us to stand against the worldly systems, to stand and speak the truth, even if it's going to cost your life. Don't you think that Moses' parents, the midwives, they thought that it might cost us our lives to fear God and not to fear man? There's a level of risk involved with faith. The midwives risked their lives. Moses' parents risked their lives. And later, Moses also risked his life because this is a heritage. This is what has been modeled to him. Check verse 27. It says, By faith Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. He saw it in his parents. And he said, I will not be afraid of the king. As I've said, the choices and decisions we make today builds the legacy for future generations. You can see that through the life of Moses, the hand of God was on him. Let's start from Exodus chapter 2. The Bible says when he was born, um, the king said, you need to kill all the Hebrew male children. And later the king said, you must throw them in the Nile River so they can die. But Moses' parents, Jacobet, the mother, put Moses in the basket and put in the Nile River. Now Miriam, who was Moses' sister, observes what is happening and what's going to happen with Moses in this basket. And as the basket is going down along the Nile River, the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter went to take a bath on the river. Thank God things have changed. <laughs> she was out there going to take a bath, and her attendants, they hear a child crying, and they go to find this child. And the Bible says Pharaoh's daughter had, a, had pity on this child and took the child over. Now Miriam rushes to the scene. God was there all the time. And she goes and says to Pharaoh's daughter, I can help you find a nursemaid for this child from the Hebrew mothers. And then Pharaoh's daughter agrees, and something amazing and profound happens. Uh, she goes, Miriam goes, and she gets uh, Jacobet, which is the mother, to come and nurse the child. And Pharaoh's daughter gives over Moses, not knowing that this is Moses' mom, says, please look after my child. 
and I will pay you for it. How is that for God, hey? How is that for God? I will pay you to raise your own child. It's like the testimony we just had, you know. God just works in most amazing ways. I tell you, right? Lareva says it's social grant. I call it heaven's grant. It's amazing. Remember Romans 8.28. It says, even things that the enemy is preparing to harm you, God will turn it and use it for your own good. You know, at that time, you know, Jacobet could have just given up. The child is going to die. But God changed the situation for her own good. She was paid to raise her own child. I love that. I just love that. I love Scripture. There's certain things you find in Scripture, like God just put it there to just build our faith, to just build our faith. One of the things about risk is that when you are rejected by men, remember that you are accepted by God. We, at times, we want to be known and be accepted by men, but actually that might cost us our relationship with God. Very similar to the word that Lyrical preached recently about, you know, being famous with God than being famous with men. We want to be accepted by God, even if it means we are rejected by men. Look at how Moses experienced this. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, basically to be called the king's grandchild. He refused. He needed to give up his Mercedes-Benz chariot at that point. He had to give up living in the palace. He had to give up all the privileges that comes with being Pharaoh's daughter for one reason, choosing rather to be mistreated with God's people than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Those words are very important, fleeting pleasures of sin. You know, sin is nice for that moment. Afterwards, it's painful. It's painful. It's fleeting pleasure. Moses' first risky decision was in Exodus 2, verse 11 and 12. It says that, can we move? All right. It says that one day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. He looked this way, he looked that way, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. I call it shallow grave. He thought, no one sees what I've just done. And his plan was actually to show the Israelites that, you know what, God is going to use me to help the people, to help you to get deliverance. He cared for his people. But actually, what is wrong here is that walking by faith is not doing the right thing your way. It is doing the right thing God's way. See, Moses got involved, but his method was not God's method. He tried to help God. Please do not try to help God. It always turns out ugly. Every time we try to help God, it does not work out. The killing of the Egyptian immediately communicated that Moses cared more about the Hebrew people than the Egyptians. So Moses made a choice to forego the privileges and pleasures of, of the palace, of royalty. Moses' passion and care for his people was an ingredient to his ultimate call to be the deliverer of the people of Israel. Moses rejected the privilege of pleasure for the sake of the purpose God has for him. 
I'm going to read for you this um, excerpt from Rick Warren. Something that he writes that really challenges us whenever we face with these choices of what is the identity that I want to have. If you can please move it at the back, um, if you can move the slide to the back. An excerpt by Rick Warren. Moses had an identity crisis. He was born a Hebrew slave, but raised as Egyptian royalty, the grandson of Pharaoh. When he grew up, he faced two options. He could pretend to be Pharaoh's grandson for the rest of his life and live a life of luxury and fame and power, or he could admit who he really was, a Jew. He admitted who he really was. His family would kick him out to live with slaves the rest of his life. He would be disgraced and humiliated and live a life of pain and drudgery. Which would you choose if you're in Moses' shoes? Most people today are living lies. They are trying to be people they are not. But Moses refused to live a lie because he was a man of integrity. He insisted on being who God had made him to be, despite all kinds of peer pressure. Don't live a lie. Don't live a lie. Choose to step out of the boat and trust God to take care of you. A good friend of mine um, had this amazing prophetic words that um, one day he'll run his own business and he will do well in business. You know, um, at the time he was working as an, an accountant and he was working for one of the uh, top five, if they're still the big five. I don't know. You can update me. And uh, he left one of the big fives and he worked for another company and he had terrible experiences. And then he joined another company and he had a boss exactly like Pharaoh. I mean, he comes to my connect group and uh, from time to time, whenever we do a check-in, he'll say, man, things are terrible at work. Some of you may be experiencing the same thing. And he kept on going back to the prophetic words that God has spoken. He became faithful even when things were challenging. He trusted in God's process that God will bring these prophetic words to being. Two years ago, he stepped out of the boat and with faith, he started his own business. And he was given restraint of, of trade by this boss called Pharaoh. And as I'm speaking to you now, the business is flourishing. They have 10 people on the team, job creation, because they chose to believe that he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God keeps his promises. So I want to take time right now to pray for some of you. You know you need to take a risk and step out of the boat and trust God to come through. I want to pray for you right now. You may be feeling like things are not going well at work and your boss is like Pharaoh. Don't stand if your boss is in the house. <laughs> I said it in the first service and I saw some people already going like, Yay, I can't stand. <laughs> or maybe things are not going well with your business. We want to pray and trust with you for breakthrough. Amen. Let's trust God that he can make a way where there is no way. He's a God of impossibilities. By standing, you're standing and say, God, I need you to come through for me. Maybe you've been in this situation for a long time. I also want us to pray for those people. It might be a health situation that you're facing. 
that looks like the impossible situation. You know, this morning the word we got was even cancer, God is going to heal. We want to trust God for that. Amen. So stand wherever you are. And I'm going to ask Pokazi to pray. And let's pray. Just stand by faith. If you know you need a breakthrough at work, and maybe things are not going the way you expect them to go, it might be your business, but let's trust God to move this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are a faithful God, Lord. I thank you that we don't need to know tomorrow, Lord God, but we can faithfully trust you, Lord God, because you remain faithful in and out of every season, Lord God. I thank you that you are a God who is faithful. So, Lord, we're just standing this morning, Lord God, just putting our hope in nothing else apart from you, Lord God. We choose to be a people, Lord God, who hold on to hope, Lord God, even in the midst of the most challenging situations, Lord God. We choose to hold on to hope, to hold on to you, to hold on to your words, Lord God, because you are a God who is faithful, Lord God. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are going to move on behalf of each and every person that is standing today, Lord God. I thank you that you're able, Lord God, to just realign things. Things, Lord God, that seem like they are not making sense, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you are in our tomorrows, you are in the todays, Lord God. I thank you that you remain faithful. So, for, Father, for each and every person who's standing in faith, Lord God, I just thank you so much for just the series that we've been on on great faith, Lord God. And I thank you for the great faith that you have birthed on the inside of us, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we are a people, God, who hold on to you, who hold on to truth, Lord God. So, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you'd move, Lord God, that you'd move the mountains, Lord God, on behalf of each and every person standing, Lord God, in those situations that seem like the impossible, God, I thank you that you are the God of impossibilities, Lord God, that you're able to do, Lord God, exceedingly and abundantly, over and above what we can ask or imagine, Lord God, thank you, God, that you are in each and every situation that you're working it out, so Father, we're just trusting you for breakthrough, Lord God, this morning, we're standing in faith, and we're trusting you for breakthrough, God, you know each and everything, yes, Lord. Lord God, you know each and every situation, you know people people who've been struggling with illnesses, Lord God, you know, people who've been struggling with finances yes. and everything, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you're working it out in the powerful name of Jesus. We put our trust and our hope in you, Lord God. We thank you that you are faithful, you remain faithful. So Father, I just pray that you'd break down all the walls, that you'd break down all the walls, Lord God. Yes, in your name I pray, Lord. In Jesus name. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to do it, Father. You're going to do it. You can take your seats. Lord, you're a God of impossibilities. The God that we serve is the God who specializes in impossibilities. Amen. As I conclude the sermon, the last thing we see here is great faith brings a great reward. Moses considered the reproach of Christ as greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking to the reward through the eyes of faith. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. If you can see it through the eyes of faith, you can believe it. If you can see the reward through the eyes of faith, you can believe it, that it is coming. There are two types of rewards I want to submit to you. The first reward is this reward that speaks about the promise of God that he has for us while we're still here on earth. But the second reward is the reward heaven wants. Apostle Paul in Philippians, he says, I press on towards the goal, towards the mark, which is in heaven. So if you've given your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you know that you are pressing on towards a goal that is in heaven. 
heaven want. And the next goal that I want to talk about is this goal of the promise of God here on earth. When Moses was leading the Israelites through the wilderness, when he was leading the Israelites to face the Red Sea, he knew that God will make a way where there's no way. Let's read in, uh, in Exodus chapter 14. In closing, it says, verse 10, when Pharaoh drew near the Egyptian army behind Moses and the people of Israel, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt? Wow, people. Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? I like Moses' response in verse 13. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see never again. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is to be silent. All you have to do is to be silent. The Egyptians you see today, you will see no more. All you have to do is to be silent. And I want to speak to you prophetically this morning that some of you, the Egyptian army, it's like your past. It's the baggage you've been carrying, whether from your parents, from past relationships, from your old boss, whatever it may be that's pre preventing you to go into your promised land. The Bible will say to you today, and God will say to you today, the Egyptians you see today, you will see no more. The army, the baggage that you've been carrying, you will see no more. It's the end. And the Red Sea is in front of you. Say, God, we've come so far. What are we going to do? Are we going to die in the Red Sea? Whatever impossible challenge you may be facing, as Posh was praying now, maybe it's finances, maybe it's health, whatever it may be, God will say to you today, I am the one who makes a way where there is no way. He makes a way where there is no way. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to be is to be silent. Father, we pray this morning, that God, we will walk out of here with a conviction that you are a faithful God. And for those who do not know you, Father God, they will know that you are a God who specializes with impossibilities. And Father, that God will recognize that faith calls out greatness in us. Faith takes great risks. And faith brings the promised land even though it may look impossible. For your word says, with man it's impossible, but with God it is possible. Father, as I pray, I think of times when I faced impossible situations and you came through. And I also pray for your people who may be facing impossible situations that show yourself faithful on their behalf. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.